Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Monday. It's August 2nd, 2021. Seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Last time I talked to you guys, it was July. It's August. Joined today by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. What's happening, my friend? Oh, we were just talking about a pre-show. But, uh, Cub coming off the trade deadline. Cubs unloaded everybody. So uh, as, as a fan, my, my season's kind of over. But... Uh, should be some exciting playoff races down the stretch. Um, Isn't that what's nice about like DFS as a whole? Like if your team's just stinking, um, you could just be like, all right, well, I still have DFS. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm just a huge baseball fan in general anyway. So yeah, nice to get a little action on it. And then any game's interesting, right? Every game's interesting. Absolutely. Um, especially when playoffs come around, like playoff baseball is so underrated. Um, I think it's because the season is so long that by the time the playoffs get here, everybody's just kind of over baseball. Uh, football is rolling at that time. I mean, I don't know. I, I love playoff baseball. Yep, me too. All right, let's get into it. Seven games to talk about here on today's slate. We start with Philadelphia at Washington. Nine total. Philly's a 120 favorite here. Ranger Suarez against Josiah Gray. I mean – we're going to see a lot of different lineups now that like the trade deadline's done. Um, you know, there was a lot of moves. I feel like there was a lot more moves than normal this this uh, this trade deadline. So, uh, really haven't had a chance to talk about that yet because um, it all kind of went down at the end of last week. Take the weekend off. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's start here with Suarez. Obviously, this Washington lineup is nowhere near what it was. Um, but, I mean, 
I still don't know if I want to take shots on Ranger Suarez. Yeah, I mean, he's pitched out of the bullpen all year. Uh, I mean, all the way up to his last outing. This, I believe, is his first start of the season. Uh, they did say he was going to be a starter going forward, so I imagine they're, they're going to try to stretch him out. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't thrown over, like, 20 pitches since July 11th. He threw 45, so we're getting at the most, like, 40, 45 here, I think. Um, I don't think they'd push him any further than that. Uh, I don't think you can play him in the spot. I mean, the 4,600 price tag, we don't have any true aces on the slate. If you want to get crazy, I suppose, but uh, it's not something I'm going to do. Pitching is awful on this yeah. slate. Um, just to kind of sum it up, I I don't think you play Suarez because, I mean, like you said, I think 50 potentially 60 is max but i think we realistically see more like 40 and then probably see him kind of increase about 20 his next start and probably caps out about 85 um in like a, a few weeks from now but i mean with the pitch count potentially being low here um i mean the matchup's fine i mean all and like he's a lefty so like soto doesn't really affect him as much but i mean overall not a ton of interest here Josiah Gray on the other side. This is a guy that we've seen throw two starts now. He's through four innings in both of those starts. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Because, I mean, Hoskins, McCutcheon, they have a couple guys, um, a couple other guys that are kind of banged up here for Philly. Um, any interest here in Josiah Gray? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit. One of the main pieces they got back in the Scherzer-Turner trade out to L.A., so big-time prospect. Uh, big K rate through his first two starts and in the, in the minors. Um, so he's definitely got legitimate stuff. Um, 7,600. If Philly's lineup is a little bit banged up, we talked about this. This is a bad slate for pitching. So I think you can take some shots here. I think um, overall, I probably don't end up on him. I also think Washington's going to be very careful with him, pitch count wise, innings wise. I mean, they're obviously trying to build something for the future. They just shipped everybody off. Um, so yeah, fair point. Um, I mean, so maybe Max Max is out at like seventy five. Um, just being on the careful side. I mean, they're pretty much saying, all right, well, we'll keep Juan Soto. We'll build around him and we're going to go out and try to get some prospects. And like Josiah Gray is a talented prospect, like you mentioned, but there's no reason for Washington to push him this year. It's more of get him some innings, get him some work, see what they have. And, um, you know, they're probably rebuilding for like two years from now. They're not rebuilding even probably for next year. So, um, all right, bats in this game on the Philly side. I mean, Harper is 6K. He's super expensive. Romuto's 5,300. You already mentioned it. It's not like we have aces to pay up for on this slate. Um, I mean, some of the pitchers that we are going to talk about are expensive. But, I mean, overall, I don't love Philly here. Um, it, it's not my favorite spot. I agree with you. I don't think it's something I'm going to do today. Um, I mean, it is a young pitcher in a new environment. Uh, just got traded. So a little bit of pressure there. Uh, you, I mean, I, I, I could see where somebody would make the case that they want to stack it up against Gray, but uh, not something I'll do. I will say this. If Hoskins and McCutcheon are back in the lineup, it makes the stack way more doable. Um, you feel way more confident 
in the stack if two of their better bats are back in the lineup. So um, on the Washington side of things, I mean, I don't really have a ton of interest here. It's not okay. So like, even if you wanted to take a shot on like a Zimmerman or bell has been really good against lefties this season, you're still likely only going to get maybe one at bat against Suarez, maybe two max. So, I mean, I don't love Washington. I like the price on Zimmerman. He's 4,100, but if I'm playing him, I'm probably trying to get Soto and then, you know, trying to find a third person to pair him with because you can't play Bell and Zimmerman together. Yeah, I think you can look a little deeper for the cheap have kind of been called up as the fill-ins. Uh, Luis Garcia is still fairly cheap. He's hit pretty well Has in his, the couple games he's been up. Uh, he's 3,400. Um and then uh, Yadiel Hernandez is uh, the other one. He is still – he's still the minimum price, 2K, uh, coming off a big game on Sunday. So, uh, I think Hernandez at min price makes a lot of sense. All right, moving on. We got Baltimore at New York, 9.5 total in this game. The Yankees are a 230 favorite. Jorge Lopez against Andrew Heaney. Um, any interest here in Lopez – I think you already know my answer to that. <laughs> and no, the Yankees no are, yeah, the Yankees are pretty, pretty stacked. Um, Andrew Heaney on the other side. I mean, this would be his first start in the Yankees uniform. Very boomer bust, um, you know, throughout his career. But I think he's one of the better options on this slate going up against Baltimore. The bottom of this order, really, really bad against lefties. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, he has the highest K rate on the slate um, outside of Josiah Gray, which is only two starts that we just talked about. Um, so Heaney has some upside here in this matchup with Baltimore. Uh, tough ballpark for his skill set. He's a guy that will give up fly balls in, in Yankee Stadium that a lot of times those turn into home runs. So um, I think it's a high risk, uh, high upside spot, but uh, – 8,600 is a very fair price against Baltimore. Not not a matchup we're terrified of or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, he needs absolutely in play. Yeah, I mean, especially looking at price, like his price is just nice. Um, so, I think he needs a great play. Um, I think he's going to be popular. So, if you want to take a shot on, like, Mancini, outside of that, I mean, like, maybe Severino, Mountcastle, if you're, if you're not playing Heaney. When Heaney gets blown up, it's usually home runs. Um, this game's in Yankee Stadium. It's a much different environment um, for him. But, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in Baltimore. I just feel like if you want to get contrarian, because I think Heaney's going to be very popular here uh, with the Yankees being a 230 favorite. Yeah, I, I think you can look for some home runs for sure. Uh, Mancini is a, an outstanding play, in my opinion. Severino's got a nice price to fill catcher for you at 3,800. Yeah, you mentioned Mountcastle. He's still underpriced for what he can do especially in this spot uh and austin hayes is underpriced as well uh as far as the yankees go i mean i think they're going to end up being one of the most popular stacks on the slates they're still kind of cheap um i mean a lot of this stack is under 5k and anthony rizzo being in this lineup obviously adds another really strong bat you got Stanton at 4.1k uh what are your thoughts here on the yankees yeah, I mean, outside of Gallo being priced up a little bit, uh, obviously his huge power against Jose, uh, Jorge Lopez, uh, he's he's going to be massively owned, huge upside. 
Rizzo will probably be the highest own hitter on the slate, in my opinion. Uh, he's just 4,700 still. Uh, he's been on fire since landing in New York. Um, Judge and Stanton, obviously big power. Lopez loves to give up the fly ball. So I agree with you. I think Yankees are chalk today uh, and rightfully, slow, rightfully so. Um, I mean, they might hit a bunch of homers here today. All right, we're moving on. We got the Mets and the Marlins. Seven total in this game. Mets a 150 favorite. We got Tyler McGill against Jesus Lazardo. Um, any interest here in McGill? I do. Uh, a little bit of sticker shock there. 9,600 is uh, the price is climbing, but the, start, the strikeouts have been there. It's a great matchup and a great ballpark. Um, I think he's in play. Yeah, I mean – you just got to look past the price on this slate and just play the talented arm going into Miami against this Miami lineup, this Miami lineup. I mean, they they've put up some runs at times this year, but it's also a completely different lineup. Marte has gone. I mean, they've kind of shipped this season in. Um, so I, I think this is a great spot for Miguel. He's another guy that I think will end up being pretty popular here. Really good pitching environment. And, um, I mean, I like his chances to go 20-plus, and I don't think we have a ton of options here. Um, Lazardo on the other side, I mean, you know, this is a guy that just came over. Um, they weren't sure if he was even going to go into the, like, starting rotation, and they just – they need arms. He's not really stretched out. Um, I don't think he's started a game since the beginning of May. I don't really have any interest in Lazardo here. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that was supposed to be just awesome. Like, he was literally like a top five, ten prospect in baseball when he came up with Oakland. Uh, has dealt with some injuries and then just hasn't been able to put it together uh, after the year off last year. And just whatever reason, I think we need to see a little bit out of him uh, in Miami before you can play him. Uh, it's not a not a horrible matchup with all the Mets lefties, but uh, I want to see it first before I target him. All right, as far as the bats go for the Mets, um, I mean, Pete Alonso and Javi Baez definitely stand out here against this lefty. I don't want to go too crazy, though, because I also want to recognize this game is being played in Miami. It's expected that the roof is going to be closed because it's hot in Florida. And by hot, I mean it's you can't go outside for more than an hour without dying. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts here on the Mets bets? <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously Alonzo and Baez for one-offs or hunting home runs if you want to do a two-man type deal. Uh, J.D. Davis, you could add to that to make it three. This is just a high-variant high spot. Um, don't really know what we're getting out of Lizardo. So if you want to attack it, I understand it. Not one of my favorite spots. Um, probably just a three-man for me if I was going to do it. Uh, yeah, I think three. Yeah, lefty masher too. Don't forget him. Yeah, don't don't forget James McCann. Uh, as far as the Marlins go, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest here. You know, Rojas is having a really s solid season. Um, not a big home run guy. Always kind of a guy that, like, if you're shooting for seven to ten points, I think the one guy that like stands out a little bit is Jazz. He's thirty two hundred. He was hitting the ball phenomenally um, before he got hurt. But, I mean, overall, I don't have a ton of interest in the Marlins. Exactly what I was going to say. Jazz is the, really the only target here. The price is still uh, depressed from when he was on the IL. So, uh, he's got a great price tag, but he's about the only one I want to play. 
All right, we're moving on. We got Seattle at Tampa, eight and a half total. Tampa's a 160 favorite. We got Chris Flexen against Michael Waka. Uh, any interest here in Chris Flexen? Uh, no, I do not want to play Chris Flexen. Just not enough strikeouts. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a, a deep, powerful lineup. No Flexen for me. I'm on the fence. I, I will say that. Um, I mean, he faces one of the highest strikeout teams in baseball um, in, in Tampa, like you said, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's around 14% on the season. You just look at this lineup. And I mean, outside of like Yandy Diaz or Diaz, like almost everybody in the projected starting lineup on a normal basis is over 20% against right handed pitching. So, I mean, if he had a little bit more strikeout stuff, I would probably have a little bit more interest. Um, I mean, we've seen him have big strikeout games this season, like six and five and six. And I think he had an eight strikeout game earlier this year. So not like Jacob deGrom, 12 strikeout games, but I mean, Chris Flexen, eight strikeout games. I, I just, I'm on the fence. I kind of want to see what the lineup looks like. Look at projections and, and just kind of look at projected ownership as well. But overall, not a ton of interest. Michael Waka might be somebody that gets some ownership here coming off of a really good start where he struck out nine against the Yankees, a home favorite here going up against a weak offense. Um, this team beat him up earlier this year though. Um, does that concern you at all? I mean, Michael Waka is not someone I really ever want to target, but on this slate, I think he, he is in play. Uh, if he's going to get ownership, I'm out. Like I don't want to play a chalky Michael Waka. I know Seattle isn't, uh, great and they strike out a, a lot so there is definitely upside here but if he's grabbing ownership i'm i'm more than willing to fade that uh, if he's going to be low owned i don't mind taking shots but uh not my favorite play but due to the slate context he's in play fair enough um he bats in this game anything here for seattle um yeah i think you can take some shots uh, Kalanick is still really cheap. Toro's hit the ball really well since coming over from Houston. Uh, he's still just 3,200. I like Toro a lot. Uh, Seager, Seager and Hanner are the two big bats in the lineup. Um, JP Crawford, if he grabs the leadoff spot. Not, not a stack I love. Um, I don't mind it as like a three-man uh, if you need the cheap pieces to make something a bigger stack work on the other side of the lineup. That, that's fine. Yeah, I like Hanniger as a one-off too. Um, Michael Waka really struggles. Like he's a reverse splits pitcher. 53% hard contact, only 8% soft contact, 277 ISO against right-handed hitters this season. So really like Mitch Hanniger um, as a potential one-off here for Seattle. On the Tampa side, I mean, it's a catch-22, right? Like Chris Flexen's not a big strikeout guy, um, and this team's a big strikeout team. If they're hitting and making contact, I mean, they could put up a, a crooked number here. Yeah, for sure. Mentioned the low strikeouts of Flexen, so you know the ball is going to be in play. It, it's really about the the BABIP uh, on the balls in play, whether they get enough traffic on the bases to make it hurt. Um, Seattle's bullpen has been really good, so it's it's not my favorite stack, but I, I definitely make you can make the case to stack it up against Flexen. I mean, you're just hoping that you get the bad part because your your team's crushing the pitching. Um, right, yeah, get flexing out of there early. Yep. yep. All right, moving on. We have the Angels and the Rangers. This game has a 7.5 total. The Angels are a 140 favorite. 
I've seen two things. Um, it sounds like Jose Suarez is going to start for the Angels here. Um, we'll have to kind of see. And then Dane Dunning's pitching for Texas. Any interest here if it's going to be Suarez? Uh, yeah, in this matchup, uh, he's just $6,300. So, I mean, we, we've gone through a lot of the slate already, and, and we haven't found a lot of good options for pitching. Uh, at that price tag, uh, Texas will offer some strikeouts, especially uh, against lefties. I think Suarez has definitely got to be in the conversation. My only concern, very slight concern, is with the with the couple um, injuries and the, and the moves that Texas made, they're going to have more righties in there. Like low might be the only lefty in the lineup. Um, so we'll have to kind of see. But, I mean, it's, it's not like they're going to be throwing great right-handed hitters um, at him here. It's just more of like, Colberson will be in there now. Um, Adamas Garcia, Albanez, um, Heim, White, they're all righties. Um, so still strikeouts are there. Don't get me wrong. I think Jose, Jose Suarez is very much in play here. Um, but I mean, this is a guy that, they, like, if he's going to be chalk, he blows up a ton. Like, he just struggled against a, a really weak Colorado lineup um, at home. So I definitely want to see ownership on him um that's that's something that i i have already written down like look at the owner ownership on suarez and then dane dunning on the other side of this game i mean the angels lineup is not anything to write home about uh right now you know with with trout walsh and rendon out but overall i mean i don't know if i could take shots on dane dunning here i i like i'm really on the fence i could definitely see it working out yeah, I could see where it works out. And I think if Suarez is the one that grabs the ownership, they're the same price uh, that Dunning would make for a nice pivot. Um, probably just play the ownership game with these two guys. Um, I think that makes sense. Neither one of them is a huge strikeout guy. Uh, obviously, Suarez has the better matchup. Um, but I don't think there's ever going to be a scenario where like Suarez should be twice as owned as Dunning in the spot or something like that. So if that's what ownership is shaking out to be, then I'll just play the Dunning sign on it. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I just, the ownership, like they, they have like the same type of floor and upside. Uh, I mean, yep. and this, this total at seven and a half does, says like if one guy is five and the other guy is like 25, like that, that should never be the case. Um, I mean, Vegas is, is agreeing with us. We, we think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game. So, uh, Pittsburgh at Milwaukee, eight and a half total. Milwaukee, a 200 favorite here. We got Bryce Wilson against Eric Lauer. Um, any interest in Bryce Wilson, the new Pittsburgh Pirate bat pitcher? Yeah, man. Another guy that, that uh, had some prospect clout and just hasn't really put it together. And he's been bad in AAA this year, too. Like the, the strikeouts just aren't there. He's only 6,000, but Milwaukee has shown some power. Um, They've been hitting the ball really well, even with Yelich on the IL. So um, I'm not looking to target Bryce Wilson here. No, he's not very good. Um, I mean, Atlanta has a ton of young, talented pitchers. And I mean, I, I won't say Wilson's terrible, but he just hasn't found his major league um, momentum yet. Let's yeah, say I'd, that. I'd much rather play the, the two guys in the last game that we just talked about over Wilson for sure. 
All right, Eric Lauer, big favorites here going up against Pittsburgh. This is a guy that, like, all right, 9K, I know he's a huge favorite, but I cannot do it. And I know, like, Pittsburgh's not this, like, amazing, awesome team, but I cannot do it. It's going to be really tough, even on a slate, that there isn't an ace, like, (laughs) at 9K, he needs to be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate, pretty much. And I just, I agree with you. It's not a big upside spot. I know Pittsburgh traded away Frazier, who was one of their lowest strikeout bats. So they strike out a little more than, than they were earlier in the season. But Lauer's not a big strikeout guy in the first place. 9K is an, a, a really tough ask, even on a shorter slate with not a lot of great options. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it, but – if like Gonzalez and like Newman, they're they're still up, right? Um, I think both those guys are still with the team. Yeah. This is this will tell you how much I really like pay attention to Pittsburgh, but they have like they have a potential lineup if they take Gamble out of the lineup. They have a potential lineup um, that actually has a, a pretty low strikeout range uh, against left-handed pitching. So um, you need you need to see what the lineup looks like for Lauer for sure. If for some reason they like leave, is it Diffo and like Gamble um, and like Planco in there? That gives you like three guys over like 30%. Um, so right now, looking at the matchup, I mean, I don't love Lauer. And it's more of just like, I don't think he can outscore some of these guys. Like, I, I think it's very rare that Lauer outscores Heaney. I actually think like, Michael Waka could potentially outscore Eric Lauer um, if Waka's pitching well. So even like Desclafani, who we're going to talk about in the next game, like I, I like all these guys um, more than I like Eric Lauer today. So definitely hope he's popular. Uh, as far as the Pittsburgh's bats, Pittsburgh bats go. I mean, I don't ever hate Reynolds against the lefty Hayes against the lefty Stallings against the lefty. But, I mean, the Milwaukee bullpen is just so good that, like, even on a seven-game slate, I don't see myself maybe one-off in these guys, but I don't see myself stacking Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, they do get a nice park upgrade going into Milwaukee. Um, I definitely like Reynolds. Uh, I'd love that as a one-off, especially if if he's not going to grab any ownership. Uh, Hayes is certainly in play, too. Not a ton of pop, but very good hitter. Uh, especially against lefties. So I, I like Hayes a lot. Uh, but then, yeah, it gets pretty ugly after that. Stallings will fill catcher for you. You could go cheap at first base with Nagowski. But, yeah, I don't I don't like the full stack very much either. But uh, I do like some of – like the, the Reynolds-Hayes combo I do like a lot. Stop saying much. Right. <laughs> but it says a little. <laughs> All right, we finish out this slate with San Francisco at Arizona – Anthony Desclafani against Taylor Widener, nine total. San Francisco is a 155 favorite here. Um, any interest here in Anthony Desclafani? Uh, did we talk about Milwaukee Bats? I think he might have skipped over Yeah, them. I totally yeah, skipped over him. Um, yeah, they're, they're one of my they're in a They're in a really good spot. Good job, yeah. Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just they've been hitting the ball, even with Yelich on, on the IL, and they get this matchup against Bryce Wilson, who just has not shown any talent in the major leagues. So I think Milwaukee, I mean, outside of the Yankees, they're my favorite team on the slate. So definitely wanted to make sure we got th- those comments in there. I like them too, and I feel like I just was like, 
everybody knows to play pitcher or bats against Wilson. Um, (laughs) And I didn't really have to like, no, I mean, yeah, like that, you know, Escobar is there. Adamas has been hitting the ball. Well, you know, and and like you kind of just piece together. Like if you want to do a a full five man stack, or if you want to do a smaller stack, you could go like Rowdy Tellis if you want to go cheaper. Um, So, I mean, definitely kind of look at and see what the lineup looks like. But if like Lorenzo Cain's in there, He's 2.9K. Um, I think he's hit successful in like seven straight games or something like that. So he's super cheap. So didn't mean to skip over them. Just, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good spot for Milwaukee. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what's got Adamas has really figured it out since he's been in Milwaukee. I mean, this guy looks like he really found it. So nice pick up there for them. Narvaez has been hitting well too. So, yeah, lots of good options here in this lineup. All right, let's go San Francisco, Arizona. I already said nine total here. San Francisco, 154 favorites. Um, any interest here in Anthony Descalfani? Yeah, again, this is another price tag that is higher than we want to pay, but slate context, uh, I think he's one of the top options on the slate. Uh, Arizona, Trade Escobar, probably their best hitter, uh, is now in Milwaukee, so don't have to worry about him. Um. Descalfani is not a guy that I typically like to play, but he, I mean, he's been pretty good this year, 23% strikeout rate and the matchup is great. So um, 9,300 seems crazy, but slate context, he's in play for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, Rojas is hurt um, as well. Pavin Smith is hurt or out. I don't know. I think that's um, COVID related, Uh, but I mean, like really, honestly, you're just kind of worried about a couple guys and like Kettle Marte, but on this slate with these pitchers, <laughs> we're looking at Anthony Descafani. Um, I had looked earlier and they didn't have the roof information out yet, but I would assume in the summer in Arizona that the roof is going to be closed. Um, the other side of this game, Widener, I mean, like San Francisco is still dealing with injuries. Um, you know, Brandon Belt's getting close. I don't think he'll be back for this one. They went out and got Chris Bryant. They got Posey hitting the ball well. Crawford's back. Yaz is there. I think there's enough bats in this lineup still where I, even on a smaller slate, don't take a shot here on Taylor Widener. Yeah, I agree. I'm not interested in Widener. Um, Much more interested in San Francisco bats, I believe. I mean, they're on the road, so you get that ninth inning. Um, I think they're another team, you know, I have expert survey on Mondays and like, I I think San Francisco is like that team that I'll write down that, like, who do you want to target in like lower, whatever the, the stacks question is. Um, I can't think of off the top of my head, but leverage and low, low dollar GPPs or something. Yeah. I think that's like like San Francisco is an excellent stack for that type of like, you know, tournament field. So I like them, man. Cause you could go Brian Posey Crawford and then like Yaz is 42 and you could kind of just fill in whoever that fifth bat is that you want. And I mean, if it's like Dickerson or Estrada or any of these guys that are just super cheap, I mean, like that fifth bat in that stack is just going to be cheap. I agree. And I think they're going to be fairly low owned too, because the Yankees are going to grab a ton of ownership. I think Milwaukee will have a little bit of ownership. So um, yeah, I, I think the ownership on them is going to be really nice for this spot. Um, all right. Arizona bats, anything? 
uh, let me pull up pricing here. I mean, they're definitely not one of my favorite teams. Um, Disclafani can give up some power to lefties. So Marte is obviously in play, but um, outside of that, Peralta hasn't hit the ball much this year. Calhoun hasn't got going yet. He's been dealing with injuries. So definitely don't want to stack it. I guess Marte is a one-off maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any interest in Arizona here. One of the reasons that I like Anthony Descafani um, so much. Before we get into the morning grind game, don't forget, Roto-Grinders and FanDuel are presenting the single-entry series. Um, it's the $5 single um, over there on FanDuel today. So 10K tournament. It already has 566 people registered for this thing. It's almost 25% full. Someone will turn five dollars into two grand today over there in that tournament. I like the payout of the five dollar uh, single entry on Fanduel. Uh, pays twenty five percent of the field. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, the single entry series. I think this is week three. Pretty sure of the six week um, single entry series. So I could be wrong. Could be week four. Um, I get lost all the time. But I'm pretty sure it started after the All Star break, and this is the third week. So. Um, all right, let's get into the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8k to get six or more strikeouts today. Um, there's definitely some pitchers in play on this slate. Um, the two guys I probably like the most aren't big strikeout guys, so I'm gonna stay up towards that 8k uh, and take a shot on the young guy, Josiah Gray. I think is a good bet to do it. All right, um. Give me Dane Dunning. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Um, Michael Waka is going to be the guy for me. Um, Seattle added Toro. I think that, that helps that lineup a little bit. Um, Waka had a great outing his last time out, but hasn't been great outside of that really this year. So uh, I think Seattle can get to him. I like Waka to bust. I could see Eric Lauer pitching decent and still not getting to 15. Um, so I'm going to go Eric Lauer. Give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run today. Um, I think the Yankees are in an absolutely amazing spot. Joey Gallo up there at the top is virtual lock. I'm going to go Chris Bryant just because um, Keith is on the podcast. So. <laughs> Oh, come on. Just got to rub it in. All three of them. <laughs> Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez all homered in their first game with their new team. I mean, I don't understand the reasoning in Chicago, but I get it, I guess. Um, with some, with uh, Rizzo was a free agent, right? All, all of them were going to be free agents, yep. Yeah, I mean, who knows if they could have got them all to come back or not, but I don't know. That's a lot of talent that you're shipping off. Um, who knows? Uh, under 4K to get two hits today. Who do you got? Um, I mentioned Abraham Toro. He's been hitting the ball well since he got traded. I think he's got something to prove here. Um, he, he's been a good prospect and just never put it together with Houston. So um, I like Toro at 3,200. I like that one. Um, I mean, I, I just got done talking about this guy. Like, I think he's gotten, I'm pretty sure it's hits in seven straight days. Lorenzo Kane um, from Milwaukee. He's 2,900. I, I don't even know if I'll need to go that cheap on this slate, but the fact that like he's an outfielder and he's been hitting the ball. Well, I think he has, he has multi hits in three of his last seven games. Um, so 
I'm going to go Lorenzo Kane. They got a good matchup today. We both like the Brewers. So uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Um, I think we agree Yankees are going to be obvious chalk and they should get there. Uh, I'm going to go with the team you just mentioned, though. I like Milwaukee a lot against a, a very low strikeout young guy who hasn't put it together yet. All right. Um, I'm going to go Giants, man. I, I, I again, I, I think they're, I think they're like the third best stack on the slate, but ownership wise, um, they have a lot of potential on this slate and people hate playing the late games. This game starts an hour and a half after um, the next game or against that after the Milwaukee game. So people hate waiting that long for their hitters. Um, it's just, that mentality of being able to watch um, that blue dot of in-play runs, um, but I mean, Keith, <laughs> it's always fun. Equity, right? It's always fun. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I don't have anything else. Fun little slate. It's going to be tough pitching decisions, but uh, good, good slate. I don't have anything else. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm on Grinders Live today, um, so I don't know how much of my thoughts will change between now and then, but me and Dean on Grinders Live at 5.30 Eastern. You guys can check that out. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the morning grind for Monday. We'll be back talking baseball tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.